Hey everyone, Scott with Travel Therapy Social here. I am here with Chelsea today and we are going to be going over everything red flags from recruiters to the therapist. Chelsea, what are some of your insights on this? Mm, I think this is going to be a good episode. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) So what are you, red flags is something that's thrown around a ton these days, right? You know, in people's personal lives and everything really. Um, when it's coming down to it, you know, what are some of your biggest red flags that you kind of see from recruiters or that you think recruiters have? Yeah, good question. I luckily haven't personally experienced a really red flag recruiter. I think I went about it word by mouth when I found my recruiters. So I've been really blessed. However, now working with clients and clients who've had recruiters before coming into my circle, I have experienced red flags firsthand, um, helping my client navigate that. So I think there is, they're out there. (laughs) Those recruiters, they're out there, man. What are your thoughts on the traveler aspect? Have you personally worked with a red flag traveler or just by association? Yeah, there are definitely, you know, travelers out there where, you know, there are certain red flags. you know, I think one of the common misconceptions is every recruiter wants to work with every therapist out there. Um, you know, and that's not always the case. Um, you know, just like you have recruiters that are high maintenance, you have therapists that are high maintenance. And that's not saying that, you know, being a high maintenance, you know, therapist is a bad thing. Um, it's just kind of setting the stage, you know, and having those clear communication channels. Um, you know, and having those open lines of communication that, you know, we talk about so much. Uh, at the end of the day, there are so many different things that bring out what some person would view as a red flag compared to others. Uh, I know you have a list of some red flags that you got from therapists on your side. I have some from recruiters as well, and it'll be exciting and interesting to kind of compare and contrast those and you know go from there. Because at the end of the day, a red flag to one person might not be a red flag to another. Yeah, I think you touched on something super important, which you said to me the other day, and I like kind of my jaw drop was not every recruiter wants to work with a traveler, you know, like there's actually on both ends because I'm like, yeah, Scott, we actually interview you. (laughs) Like, of course, you're going to interview us. So we touched on that in the first episode that we go through the first couple conversations are a little bit forward and direct and um, very formal too, right? Like we're kind of running through interview questions to make sure it's a good fit. We touched on the career partnership. So I, it makes sense that you are going to interview a traveler to make sure we're a good fit for you. Uh, I think that was like super important to note on the traveler aspects. Like we have to be showing, yeah, like these green flags, like work with me, get me a job, go to bat for me, be on my team. Um, so yeah, you're right. I do have a list. Uh, we put out a poll. So I have some people we'll shout out in this episode. But yeah, I think, how do we want to do this? You want to just bounce, <laughs> bounce these flags off each other and digest them? Yeah, I think we just kind of jump right into it and, you know, kind of go from there, see what happens. And I think this will kind of be a little bit eye-opening for both sides, uh, just because, you know, 
like we said, every single person is so different. So something that might be a red flag to one person, another therapist is going to be like, oh my goodness, that is incredible. I want that communication. I want to be blown up, you know, and other people are going to be like, absolutely not. Leave me alone unless the exact job I'm looking for, you know, comes out. So I think we just dive into it and, you know, kind of go through these and see why some, you know, some recruiters are showing these red flags and truly what at the end of the day are the red flags. you know, and, and go from there. Yeah. So then we can avoid these, right. And always improve. So I think, I think that's the space that we're going with. Like, even if I'm showing them one of the flags, I, I don't know what Scott has to say about these travelers, man, I'm going to defend us. Don't worry about it, girls and guys, <laughs> but I don't know what he's going to throw at me. So I think it's important. Like if you are showing one of these flags as a recruiter listening or a traveler listening, I think it's important to touch on that we're having this space not to make you feel like, oh, shit, no one wants to work with you. No, it's actually to have a growth mindset and to make sure that when you do get into this industry as a traveler on both ends, like we have to be sure that we're having transparency. So that's like one of the biggest things is lack of transparency. So if there's a recruiter who is not being clear and um, like integrity, like like honest with their words and feels as if they're withholding information, that's a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, the biggest thing that I would say when it comes to integrity and, um, you know, providing the information is every company has different things that they're allowed to share, right? And every recruiter is going to have what they're comfortable sharing, you know, with the therapist. At the end of the day, you have to find that person where you feel the trust and you feel that they're being open, they're being honest with you, they're having those good lines of communication, and you don't think that you're getting taken to the cleaners. Um, it's really, really hard in this industry to say, okay, well, this company's paying me this. Why aren't you paying me this? Mm-hmm. Well, every company has different overhead. They have different burdens. There's so many moving pieces when it comes to different travel agencies. So one company might be able to pay 50 to $100 more on a job. That doesn't mean that your recruiter necessarily is keeping money from you. It just could simply be it's a smaller company. They can afford to pay more because they don't have you know some of the benefits that the bigger companies have. Now, in the same regard, there is a chance that you know that could be the case. One of the things that I always you know tell people that I'm working with is, hey, anything that you see on our site, come to me. Don't just say, hey, this pay doesn't work for me. At least have the conversation with me. Simply because certain positions we can do more on. Um, you know, at, when you're looking at a company's website, almost always they're not going to put their best forward for uh, their best foot out there. And the reason being is it's mass marketing. At the end of the day, that's what it is. It's mass marketing. And you're not going to say, okay, cool, this is what I'm at, and I have no room to negotiate. You're always going to have that room to negotiate. And it's it's kind of like buying a car, honestly, where you see a posted thing, <laughs> you know, you see a posted price, and, you know, it never hurts to ask, hey, can you do anything more here? And if you have that relationship with the recruiter, you know they're going to be honest with you and say, hey. You know, I really can't do anything else on this. We're at our limit here. This is what is posted, you know, at the vendor. This is what the rate is. And unfortunately, we can't do anything else here. Yeah. I, thanks for sharing all that. I 
love that you're touching on the fact of negotiation and the pay. I think that was a bunch of travelers chimed in about the flags around pay, like OT Page. Uh, who else did? Shawnee um, and Natalie from Don't Trip Road Trip. So there's a couple travelers that are already submitting about flags around pay. And so a flag that we see as a traveler is blindly submitting you or or not disclosing pay details until after you submit for the job. For so sure. We would want that transparency, right? And that room for negotiation before we submit, because as travel therapists, one of our biggest goals, well, as for me speaking, is financial. So we would want to be sure that that job is on, you know, in alignment for our pay that we want to seek out. So if a recruiter is not giving you all the pay details, before you submit for that position and they just blindly submit you and then think that the pay can come after, after the interview, in a way, that's a red flag. For sure. That's not something I would disagree with. Um, I'm going to kind of play a little bit of devil's advocate on here, though. And the biggest thing when it comes to blind submissions, it's not something I personally do very often, um, but there is a time and a place for it. In positions where, you know, you know, it's going to be a super competitive position or there's going to be a lot of submissions, speed to market does make a huge difference. Now, with that being said, I only am ever going to blind submit someone that I have a really good relationship with. And I know it's a position that they're at least going to consider. Typically, what I'm doing is I'm shooting them a text. Hey, I'm going to submit you to this job. These are the details of it. Call me as soon as you can. The reason behind doing it that way and why I like doing it that way is I'm at least giving you the upfront, hey, this is at a bare minimum what we're looking at. Now, and if it comes back, it's higher. Perfect. If it comes back and it's lower, I understand that we locked you down on a position that is completely different, paid is different, you know, all those details. So we're going to have that conversation. If that position no longer works for you, totally understandable. I understand that. And it's not going to be okay, cool. I submitted you to this job. Now you have to take it. Um, so when it comes to true blind submissions, absolutely is not something really that I'm a fan of. With that being said, there are times and places for it, but the communication needs to be there. And at the end of the day, your relationship has to be there. You have to be, if you're going to be, you know, potentially blind submitted to a position, I would hope that it's with a recruiter that you fully trust, that you know is going to have your back. And at the end of the day, you're going to have the ability to figure it out and see if this works. And if it doesn't, they're willing to pull you from the submission if it's not going to be a good fit. Mm -hmm. So you get consent from your traveler for blind submission before, like if say there's a hot pediatric OT job, Chelsea, it's on an island. I know you're an island girl. It's pediatrics. The pay looks decent. You submit me, right? Like you send me a voice note and I don't get back to you, but you submit me for it. We have, we've had that conversation you're saying previously that I'm okay with you blind submitting me if there's a hot job that comes up and it's hitting these, for sure. it's hitting this bullet list. So that was important for to sure. note for a traveler. If there is 
like a really like Salt Lake City, Utah, I feel like pops up every so often. And if you are an amazing snowboarder and you want to get on those slopes there and there's a position that pops up and you weren't on your phone, Scott's saying that he already had that conversation with you to submit you. Okay. For sure. I, I agree. I think that's actually um, a healthy, a healthy relationship versus like, I think blind submitting, if you're not understanding what that means, it's Scott's going to send your resume and all your onboarding docs to this facility. And then they're going to want to call you and interview you. Now, if you get blindly submitted to a bunch of facilities and open positions and you don't even know where you've been submitted, and then you have another recruiter outside of Scott saying, hey, Charles, there's another position that popped up that's outpatient peds, and you get double submitted, not knowing that Scott already submitted you with total med, you're a red flag to that facility. So that's, I think, why it's so important on the traveler side to know where you're being submitted. And then obviously, the blind submissions is what we want to avoid unless there's like a really, really hot job. Yeah. And when it comes to the blind submissions too, is realistically the only people that should be, you know, ever even considered blind submitting you are the recruiters that you have that relationship with where you've talked through and through tons of details about what you're looking for. Um, gone are the days. Uh, I'm going to hit on the getting, um, you know, red flagged by the agency or by not necessarily by the agency, but by the facilities. Those days aren't as severe as they used to be. Um, you know, with the amount of companies that are out there, people are getting double submitted now. It is not as much of a red flag to the facilities anymore just because they, you know, learned that, you know, some of these people are getting submitted without consent. Okay. Um, so if, you know, if you run into that situation, there are ways, you know, to easily get around that. What you're going to need to do is provide, hey, you know, I have whatever company it is. I want to work with them, provide that right to represent, and then that facility or that agency would then just submit that to the facility. Typically, you're not going to run into many issues with that anymore. It does still happen where it can hurt your chances of getting the job. It's not as common as it used to be where it used to be if you're double submitted, you're just, your resume is thrown out. They don't want to work with you. Mm. Uh, so it's not that extreme anymore, but it still definitely is one of those things where you do if you do get blind submitted to a job and it's with a company that you really have no desire to work with and they just went ahead and did it well if it's at one of those random facilities where this is your dream job but you don't want to work with this company and they won't accept that right to represent then it really kind of pigeonholes yourself where you kind of you either take the job and deal with it or you decide not to take the job because of what they did so it's it's definitely a revolving door on you know what's right, what's not right in the industry. But at the end of the day, it truly, in my opinion, comes down to the relationships you have, the trust, and knowing, okay, if I am, you know, if Scott's texting me that he submitted me to something, it's going to hit every box that I wanted. And that's why I did because he wanted me to get in there as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You're um, you're showing a green flag that I want to do the opposite on. So the green flag you're showing is that you're up to date in the industry. (laughs) Like, you know, the industry well. I mean, heck, we have this podcast to talk about all these topics. But a red flag is lack of clarity about what it takes to be a travel therapist and a travel recruiter. So 
that's that's on the recruiter i think more than the traveler like if you have lack of experience as a travel therapist i wouldn't say that's a red flag i think the lack of clarity about the workings of the travel healthcare industry for a recruiter like that's their role so i think that i think that's a red flag if they don't understand what if they're a new recruiter and they don't really get the industry yet for sure for sure and if they're not in a situation where they have people that can help them it's hard to really put that on them. They're just, you know, trying to make a living. They're just trying to do what they think is best. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a part of you that respects the hustle just from, I've been in that situation where I had no idea what was going on. I had to learn everything. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have anyone holding my hand and it was kind of thrown into the fire. Hey, let's figure this out as we go. Uh, so that part I respect, right? But at the same time, you have to look out for the therapist at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. if they're not providing the value that you need, then okay, have that conversation with them. Or if you guys want to grow together, that's awesome too. You know, I grew with a lot of my therapists as I was just starting out. And the biggest thing is just those open lines of communication, you know, understanding, okay, what do you need? What can I help you with? And at the end of the day, everything really comes down to communication. I know we're going to harp on that a ton in this podcast, mm -hmm. but a lot of this can be avoided with the proper communication. Okay. So another, based on the lack of experience, another flag that OT page wrote in is telling you not to submit for a certain setting you want because of lack of experience. So if a recruiter tells you, oh, Chelsea, no, like you don't have pediatric experience. That's not on brand for you. I'm not submitting you to that. We, we see that as a red flag. Yeah, I 100% would agree with that, actually. <laughs> um, anyone that has worked with me knows I like to push boundaries as much as possible. Uh, my account managers get mad at me all the time because I submit higher than the posted bill rates. You know, mm. I am going through submitting people that are, I don't want to say unqualified for the job, but they don't have the you know, experience. Um, you know, one of RPTs that I just placed was a new grad and he is going to a critical access hospital making stupid amounts of money, especially for a new grad. And we submitted him and he's like, am I even qualified for this? I'm like, on paper, you are, you know, mm -hmm. you have all the experience that you need. And yes, they're asking for two years of experience. I'm not going to be the one that says no to that. I'm going to let the facility look at your resume, your profile and say, no, nope, we're not taking this person. I'm not going to gatekeep positions because at the end of the day, I want to put you to work because the sooner that I can place you, the sooner we're both getting paid. Right. Mm -hmm. So you just are certain situations. Yeah. Certain situations. Certain situations. There are certain things that we cannot push. I'm going to just straight flat out say that, you know, if it's a direct client of ours, we know exactly what they're looking for. We know it's going to be a no, that's different, but that also comes down to, it's a relationship we have with that facility. It's not some vendor job. It's, we have direct communication with them. We can reach out and say, Hey, are we able to do this? If they say no, then yes, I'm going to come back and tell you, Hey, we can't do this. The facility said no, but I'm still at least going to try it as opposed to just turn around and say, Oh, you know, Chelsea, you want to go to an acute job? Well, you haven't done acute in how long? Yeah, that's not going to work. I'm not going to submit you to that. Mm. Um, so it's, yeah. to me, we got to push boundaries. How are you going to get experience in something if, you know, you're not 
if you're not working in it. Mm-hmm. Now, are you going to get San Diego in a setting that you haven't worked in ever? Or is someone else going to get it? Someone else is probably going to get that job. If the biggest thing I would say when you're looking at, you know, if you want a certain setting, being open to location, because once you get your foot in the door, then that makes everything so much easier. As you know, once you have done a rotation, you know, a travel assignment on, you know, a cute floor or on a peds floor or, you know, in a school, it makes it a lot easier to get that next job. But that first one, yes, it could be potentially a challenge, but we're going to work with you to try and make sure that it happens. But if you really want to get into that setting, biggest thing I'm going to say is be open, you know, be open Mm -hmm. on location, be open on pay. Um, You know, as a recruiter, we want you to make the most amount of money possible. The more money you make, the easier my life is because then I know you're happy with your, what you're making and it's not okay. Well, do I want to extend here or not? Well, the pay sucks. No, I don't really want to extend. Um, you know, we want, the goal of this is to make both of our lives easier, realistically, mm-hmm. through our relationship and through what we're looking for. Totally. So Chantel Hannah wrote in pressuring you to stay in the States where you have licenses. So that's a red flag. If they're only having you seek out the States that you're already licensed in, even if you have an interest in going to a different location. Because that's the whole point of traveling. If there's something that pops up that I'm not licensed in, yeah, it might take a f- couple weeks to months to get, depending on the start date. We want to be submitted to these positions that we want to go to. Like that's yeah, like she said, that's the whole point of traveling. So if they're only pressuring sure. you, and then just a bunch of people wrote in, just the pressure in itself. Like if they're having you decide and make a decision, like rushing it or just feeling like it's a heavy emotional weight for you to make a decision and they're not being open to communicating about it and they just want an answer from you. Like, yes, is it a yes? Is it a yes? It's just like the pressure is should not be there. It should be a, a very calm decision because when emotions are high, your logic is low. So you might get it trapped into verbally committing to this and you're like, wait a second, I digested this. I'm more logical thinking now. I don't really actually want this. Like I felt pressure to take it. So I think the pressure was a massive red flag across the board from all the people that wrote in. For sure. And pressure comes from a bunch of different areas. Um, it's a really good topic because a lot of recruiters, if you are getting pressure, even if it's a recruiter that you've worked with for a long time and you're getting kind of this new pressure that you haven't experienced, a really hard thing to do um, is to kind of separate yourself from the situation and be like, okay, why am I getting this pressure? Um, it's a question you can always ask the recruiter as well. Uh, sometimes the pressure is just coming from the top down. You know, it might not necessarily be from the recruiter. It might be from, you know, the account managers or, you know, the directors of that company. Um, but at times, that pressure is actually coming from the facility. Some facilities say we have 24 hours to make a decision. And if that's the situation, well, when I'm presenting you that offer, I'm going to say, hey, we have an offer for this facility. We have to have your answer within 24 hours. We got the offer at this. This is what the facility's expectation is. And if we don't have that, there's a chance the facility's going to walk away. So Mm -hmm. it's all about understanding where that pressure is coming from. And Mm -hmm. if it truly is coming just from the recruiter because the recruiter thinks, okay, yeah, you need to take this job. I submitted you to it. Then, okay, yes, that is a red flag. 
Now that's where, again, lines of communication, understanding mm-hmm. where that pressure is coming from. Totally. Um, you don't, you don't ever, no one likes feeling pressure. It makes people feel uncomfortable. It makes no, people, that's a bully. You know, make snap decisions. <laughs> right. It makes no people one likes make snap a bully. Um, and when it comes to, you know, the pressure of only submitting to states you have licenses in, well, okay, let's evaluate that situation, right? Are, is one of the states you want to go to California? Well, that's a six to 10 week license process. You're trying to submit for a job that's a three week out start date. Well, they're not even going to consider you. That's not going to be an option. So it's all about knowing. What about a temp license? Temp licenses in the travel world can be a huge pain to deal with. And some facilities take them, some don't. It really just kind of depends on the facility. But that would be something that you could do if you were wanting to go to California. And that's what I did. I got a job and a quick turnaround because of a temp license and my recruiter for Delta, shout out to Jessica Reed, helped me get my temp license and get to California. And then my full licensure came in later. So there is also a way to submit that way. For sure. There is, and it just kind of depends on what that facility allows. Some facilities won't allow a temp license because they have to do extra work on their end to get the temp license. So if a facility is open to that temp license, that's a great workaround for some of these states that take longer, you know, get those licenses. But I can't remember off the top of my head what states are currently offering temp licenses. Um, but that is something that I would for sure talk to your recruiter about. And your recruiter mm-hmm. should also know basic timelines for most licenses mm-hmm. where, okay, I want to go to this state as my next job, right? Okay, perfect. Well, let's get on that license right away because that's a license that we would like to submit you with it at least pending as opposed to you submitting after you have the job. Now you're trying to go to New Mexico, for example. Um, I've had people get a license in New Mexico in a week. Whereas Alaska, California, Washington, some of these other states where if you can't get access to that temp license, well, you're looking at, you know, six to 10 weeks to get that license and facilities are going to be a little less open to that, depending on what their start date is that they posted mm-hmm. for. And depending mm-hmm. on how many other submissions there have been, there are a lot of factors that come into play with that. Mm-hmm. Another flag, which I'm not sure if it's on the recruiter, it might just be on the agencies, is limited number of jobs available. I mean... That's hard. That really is hard. There's, at the end of the day, the agency, we can't control the amount of jobs that are open. We really can't. Um, Our account managers are always trying to get us more jobs. I know recruiters are always reaching out to their account managers and, you know, their salespeople and saying, hey, can you finally do this job? I have someone that wants to go here. Can we call into these locations and try to find a job? Mm -hmm. If there's not a job, there's not a job. Yeah. And I think that's why travelers work. That's why travelers work with different recruiters. So there's always more options, right? And then you can make a decision with what agency you want to go for based on the jobs that are presented to you. And that would be a red flag if they are not wanting to work with you, if you're working with other recruiters. For sure. I mean, realistically, some of the best relationships I have with some of my therapists are people that it took me two, three years to place just because it didn't work out. We didn't have the job that they wanted and I was always support going to support them. And yeah, this job's perfect for you. Of course, I'm not going to be mad at you for taking this job. Mm-hmm. You know, why would I try to hinder your career by 
pigeonholing you to work only with me. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a good look really for anyone, realistically. Yeah. Um, this is also it, on the topic. Page P, the OT, wrote in that when they tell you that you won't find a better contract than the one that they found for you. <laughs> I love that one. That one is so aggressive. Good luck. It, it, you won't it, find anything better. I see, I see where the recruiter's coming from in saying that, right? There are <laughs> jobs out there where you these said are that someone. Um, I don't know if I have ever used that phrase because that to me that came across as super petty as fine, yeah. you don't want to take my job, fuck you. That's the way that it is, you know? Um, you know, I think there's much different conversations to have. You know, I'll say the uh, person I just placed in New Mexico, um, you know, with what they're getting, straight up I said, this is going to be the highest paying new grad contract that I have ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the eight years I've been doing this and for him, it was a no brainer, right? I don't have to say, okay, like, let's be real. You're making $2,400 a week. Uh, do we really need to think about this? But there are situations where it really, that's one of those things that it really just kind of depends on the tone, <laughs> in my opinion, coming, mm-hmm. playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. Um, I'm assuming the tone that came across and that was fine. Fuck you. Um, now, with that being said, you never really know. And that's the hard part about the red flags in, you know, the situation is I might do something, you know, that is a red flag. But in my opinion, I don't because how I'm processing it is so different than how someone else is. That's mm. another big reason why I prefer talking on the phone or with Chell's voice memos mm. because you're able to, you're able to understand what someone's saying and you're able to pick up on the tone of their voice. Totally. Whereas if it's a text, it can be taken a hundred different ways. You know, someone, some people get a message that says, okay. And someone's response is what the fuck did I do? Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm, yeah, go ahead. Where I view it as I send you. Okay. Because I am super busy today. I'm letting you know that I received your message and that I understand the message and there's nothing else that needs to be said about the situation where someone else could take that so differently. Um, yeah, which is all I was just going to, this is a perfect transition. Only working with you through email or text, like absolutely not going to happen for me. If a recruiter is never going to hop on the phone and I can't hear the vo- their voice or yeah, like send me a voice note and they're only wanting to communicate through email. I, um, nope flag i'm out absolutely and that's a red and that's a red flag for me as a recruiter um and that's a red flag that other recruiters might not share where if i'm trying to talk to you on the phone and you refuse to talk to me on the phone (laughs) it's gonna be really hard for me to work with you because i never truly know what you're thinking anyone can be a keyboard warrior realistically anyone can say whatever they want on the phone or you know through text I want to know, okay, I submitted you to this job. You're interviewing for this job. I want to know if you're excited about it. I want to know mm-hmm. if it went terribly. Um, I want to be able to have those conversations with you and learn more about you because it also, to me, it develops such a stronger relationship. The um, rapport. That's a green flag, Scott. Absolutely. If they're not establishing rapport with you, then that's walk away. 
absolutely. And that's a two-way street. That is 100% a two-way street. There have been... And if they're focusing on themselves, like if Scott's way more concerned about Jackson and his life and his personal like issues or whatever, and completely ignores your needs as a travel therapist. And I know we all go through waves. We all go through waves where we're dealing with so much on our plate. But if, if Scott's not listening to you and showing active listening and knows what you want and is only concerned about where he thinks you should go versus actually asking you and making sure that he's hearing and placing you to these epic locations or settings or pay packages, that's a flag. So they're focusing on themselves rather than you. For sure. And I think one of the biggest things that I would say is as a recruiter, we do have lives. I know it's hard to imagine that your recruiter (laughs) has something other to do than to respond to you at times. And what I always joke about with, you know, new people that I talk to is you can reach me at almost any hour of the day. With that being said, I do have a personal life. I do have things going on in my life. If it is something major, yes, call me, blow me up. I will get back to you. I will respond. If it's something that's not major, I'm going to send you a quick text and I'm going to say, hey, let me get back to you tomorrow. You know, I'm in the middle of something. Um, And I think that's such a big thing is... At the end of the day, no matter if you've been traveling for 10 years or you've been traveling for, or you just in the process of thinking about travel is this is a partnership, right? Work with a recruiter that understands you, that is going to have your best interest at heart and who's going to collaborate with you to figure out, okay, hey, you are a new grad. You are looking for this. We are going to have to be open and have them give you the reasons why, you know, it's not simply... I'm just, this is what's best for you. It's have the conversation of why they think this would be best for you. Most recruiters that you're going to talk to have been in this industry for a hot minute. They're going to know industry trends. They're going to understand what's going on in the market and how they can help you get placed in the best option for you. Have that conversation. You know, ask those hard questions. And the other cool thing about asking hard questions, which I might shoot myself in the foot for this one, but Challenger recruiter. Challenger recruiter, find out how they mm. process things. You know, that is so valuable. Yeah, ask good questions. Then you're going to understand, okay, if I'm super stressed on this assignment, this recruiter deals with stress in an absolute batshit crazy way. Well, that's not a good thing. Um, you need to be able to have the ability for both of you guys to stay calm. With that being said, that's not always the case. It happens. Mm -hmm. We are human. We are people. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes people have visceral responses. I hope that you never have to deal with a recruiter that has a visceral response. But there are situations where that does happen. Um, Yeah. And if you ever are put in situations that, you know, you don't like or that make you uncomfortable, but you like the company you work with, you can always ask for another recruiter, too. People do that. Where you can stay Mm. with the company, but you can go work with someone that's different. Interesting. So Claudia, shout out to Claudia. She wrote in, and I think this is so on brand right now for it takes too long to answer. That's the flag. And you're saying if there is personal stuff going on, you'll say like, Hey, listen, I I have Jackson's surgery today. Like I can't respond to you or like you, you are upfront about it or you'll be transparent about it, Scott. Yeah. Or like, how do you for handle sure. that and when there's like, 
how do you handle the communication when there is a lot of life stressors or you're getting like another recruiter of mine was getting married and she had like a bachelorette party and all the things and she was kind of MIA for a little bit. And I'm like, what's going on with you? <laughs> and she's like, oh, sorry, I'm planning my wedding. And so like I had to ask and not every traveler will ask. And I have a rapport with her. So I was like, no, that's not that's not usually how she responds. Like what's going on? And then I found out. So I on the travelers and taking too long to answer or just not calling at a scheduled time, which is what Lexis McAllister wrote in, or just ghosting you while you're on a contract, which is Natalie and Jacob writing in, or making promises that are seeming too good to be true. So all these are just communication. So how would you handle, like, we see that as a red flag when there's, when they're, when you're just MIA or like just vague or yeah, just being not present for us. So how do you handle for that sure. or how would a recruiter handle that if there is a lot going on behind the scenes? Yeah, I will say this. I'm notoriously terrible. If I tell you I'm going to call you at 11 o'clock, I'm probably going to call you at like 11.07. Um, give windows. I always You're like on say, island give, time. You're on island time in Wisconsin. <laughs> it really, it's one of those things where it really just kind of depends. Um you know, I could have a call scheduled with someone, but I have another person who is going to Alaska who something went wrong on their background and they start on Monday and this is a Thursday. Um, you know, it's shoot out of sight, out of mind because you're so hyper focused on this one issue because you're trying to make sure that you can have someone that actually gets to work. Now, if it's ever a situation like that, I do miss a call or something like along those lines, you at least should be sending a text right? Say, Hey, I'm so sorry. Even if you miss the call by an hour, right? Hey, I'm so sorry. Explain the situation. Be honest with them. You know, if you're not going to be honest with them and you're just, Oh shoot, I missed this call. Well, no, this isn't going to happen. I get that. That's who you are as a person, but that's not going to be really something that you necessarily want to work with. Now I always, everything in this world is kind of learning experiences. And the more you learn about your recruiter, the more you can decide whether or not you want to work with them too. If I miss your call, but I'm open and honest with you. And I tell you, Hey, I missed your call because I have someone that's going through compliance right now. That's going through the shit. And I'm trying to make sure that they get to go to this job that they really want to go to. Okay. Your opinion on me is going to be a little bit different than if it's, Hey, sorry, I missed our call. Can we reschedule? You know what I mean? Because now I'm providing the value of why I missed this call. But quote unquote, the excuse that I have is something that you would hope they had. If the same situation happened to you, you would hope that that's how they would handle your situation. Mm -hmm. The theme here is just communication. The last one to touch on from our list is travel SLP wrote in love bombing. And I love this one because we've been harping on career partnership and your recruiter, your recruiter is almost like a a life partner. Like you want the energetic to be so good. You want it to be easy. And this, this made me giggle because I'm like, gosh, it's so on brand for like what I've been preaching. Like you want that energetic to be really strong. So they're love bombing you, which... Scott, what is what is your thoughts on this? That's not what I going into this, I kind of had an idea of what red flags were gonna come on. Love bombing, I didn't completely out of left field. 
This is I but I love it. But I absolutely love it. Um, it the last, the last one. I'm like, this is so good. It's really hard. I, I honestly, I don't really have an answer for this one. Um, I'm trying to process in my head of, you know, first off, love bombing because I was not expecting that, and, um, you know, what that truly means. Um, so yeah. how I'm taking it is, you're dealing with a recruiter. They're awesome. You get on assignment, then you have an issue, and they're nowhere to be found. Um, every recruiter has a different amount of people that they're working with, realistically, right? Some people have five people they're working with. Some people have 105. At the end of the day, it's comes down to, okay, cool. Going into the assignment, they were super talkative. We, they were working with me nonstop. We were talking all the time because I'm actively trying to find a job. Well, once I'm on a job, okay, cool. Well, do you need that same attention? If you do, that's fine. And that's totally okay. Some of the people that I work with, I talk to, you know, multiple times a week because that's the relationship that we have. There are other people who, once they're on assignment, they're like, eh, you don't really have to check in, you know, just kind of periodically. Um, I think it's really important to kind of set that stage. Um, what, what works for you and what works for the recruiter. Um, if the recruiter has a ton of people that they're working with and they can't give you the time that you necessarily want, well, even if you love the recruiter, maybe that's not the right recruiter for you because they're not giving you what they need, what you need in that sense. Um, mm -hmm. It's a joke that uh, people used to make in this industry, and they probably still do, is as a recruiter, you kind of feel like you're dating 40 people. You kind of do. Um, because you have all these people that you're trying to keep happy while also keeping yourself happy. Um, so those are definitely things that are going to come down to that communication, right? They're going to come down to, okay, my recruiter is saying all the right things at the start. Well, what happens if there is an issue? Mm -hmm. And I'm not telling someone to turn around, create a fake issue, call the recruiter and see how they deal with it. No, that would be a little bit chaotic and your recruiter is not going to appreciate that. But, you know, call them, you know, reach out. It is a two-way street. At mm -hmm. the end of the day, it is a two-way street. Um, and if you can't open it up that way, then there's something else going on there, right? You can't, in a partnership, you can't have it just be one-sided. And if it's only, hey, you're six weeks into your assignment, have you kind of thought about what's next? Um, if you're just, if you're only expecting that from the recruiter, well, yes, that's something they should be doing, but not every recruiter is perfect. We're individuals, we're people. We have flaws, we have, you know, we have memory problems at times. We forget things, it happens. Um, but when you have that relationship, it's just simpler, it's smoother. It's, hey, you know, this contract's going really well. I'm thinking about extending. What would that look like? Um, and having those conversations or, hey, this assignment isn't for me. Um, I think I want to start looking for something new. Perfect. Let's let's figure out what our next game plan is. Mm -hmm. um, the love bombing, I do understand it. It does make sense because as you're starting to work with someone new, it's fresh. It's exciting. It's a new relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And so you want, you're going to put so much time, energy, and everything into that where once you get that placement 
it's almost like a breath of fresh air. And it's like, okay, we can relax now. Um, that's kind of two-sided, though, because I think there can be a little bit of love bombing on the traveler, where you start talking with someone that's new, and you're like, oh my goodness, this person's awesome. Like, I'm really excited to work with them. And then they're not telling you they're getting submitted to other jobs or something else. And all of a sudden, you've done all this work, and they're gone. Mm. And then that puts, well, shit, that sucks. You know, so it's it's kind of a complicated topic. Mm-hmm. Um, one certainly that I did not expect, but I understand, you know, the traveler side of it for sure. Where yeah. you're this recruiter, they're awesome, and then they just kind of drop off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, that's all. your recruiters are people, people too. It's okay to check in and see how they're doing for <laughs> sure. I know. Chels is always asking me, and she's like, are you good? Are you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I was just going to do a temperature check. How are you feeling? Because that's that's all the heat I got today. It wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Um, You know, I think it's definitely a topic that we could, you know, this is something that we could do a hundred different times and have a hundred different, you know, red flags that come up. I think the ones that we touched on today are some of the biggest ones, you know, Mm -hmm. at least from the recruiter side. Um, But the real question is, are you ready to deal with some of the, some of the red flags from the recruiter side? You just put me through the ring. 